good morning and uh, greetings in Jesus' name. Um, the same Christ that we serve in Canada, same God you guys serve here. Also appreciate that intercessory prayer there. We need that when we, before we speak. And I was just thinking as I was sitting out there, um, I hope you don't mind me saying this, that even though I am on American soil here, I, I do feel a kinship here. And uh, I think that's actually quite quite necessary as we as Christians, that we, as we go and meet with other Christians, that we feel that, that oneness, and I, I appreciate that here. Um, just to start off with here, let's turn to chapter 6 of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, um, starting verse 19, and I'll read through the end of the chapter. I want to talk about investing today. Um, and see what we can learn from uh, Christ's example here. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, starting, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life for what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So I will attempt to look at two sides of investing here today. I'm by no means know all about investing in, in bonds and stocks and all that type of thing. But we do have some instruction in investing right here. And there's only one kind of investment that's risk-free. And the returns are out of this world. And I want us to grasp that part today. The returns that are out of this world. 
Um, so the question is, where is your heart? And where are you putting your reserve? Like, where are you accumulating something that you're putting away that you want there for future? What are, what are you doing about it? Where are you putting the stuff? Just a little definition here for investment. Uh, capital outlay, usually for income or profit. So it's probably in whatever, if we're farming, if we're doing construction work, if we're, whatever you're doing, you're probably putting out some kind of capital outlay. If it's not money, it's maybe time, it's who knows what. But it is there, you put that out for, if you want an income, you want a profit of some kind from, from this investment. So we're talking about treasures on earth or treasures in heaven. Where are we putting that reserve? In Matthew there it says, verse 19, Christ is saying, lay not up for yourselves. So we're looking at Christ, our, our financial advisor here. He says, don't amass wealth, however that may be, for yourselves. And then he goes on to say, on earth. So there's probably several keys right there. He says, yourselves and earth. So that's pretty much where we are right now, isn't it? So he says, do not. But then in verse 20, he says, but. So he's, he's wanting to say something else here now. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He uses the word yourselves there again. But then he, he shoots a lot higher here. He says, heaven. So where are we putting our treasure? So just a little example of in Old Testament. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 7. If you ever want something your neighbor has, your, something that money could buy, maybe we could take uh, this uh, story of Achan. Remember that. It's a very familiar story. I'll just break in there. Uh, chapter 7, starting verse 21. Um, Achan is talking here and says, When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers and ran they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent, and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the garment, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto, the, unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, 
wherefore the name of the place was called the Valley Acre unto this day. So what's going on here? Do you think Achan didn't have enough clothes? Didn't he have enough money to buy food? What was the deal here? Well, I guess probably not, because why would he hide this stuff in the earth if he needed it? If he really needed it. But first of all, it says, he says, when I saw among the spoils a goodly thing, it, it, was, it was nice, it was worth something, and I wanted it. Was, this, was he looking for heavenly treasure or earthly treasure? And kind of ironically, he put it in the earth. It was earthly. It was earth and treasure. James chapter 5 verse 3 says, Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. And I thought that verse sounded like Achan's story to me. Sure, maybe he didn't heap lots. I don't know how much this was worth in their day. But in his case, this he was reaping this. This was for his last day. I don't know how long he had this in his tent there, but it definitely, his life came to, him, came to an end along with his family. And he had heaped this together for the last day. It was his, it was his reward. And I thought of how do we spend, how do I spend my money? It doesn't have to even be money, it could be whatever, your time. Can I, can I handle it in a way that I don't even feel guilty about it? That it may not be right? But I'm so used to it, the culture, we do this this way. The next new thing comes out, mine is outdated, I'll get a new one. Mine still works, but I'll get a new one. Do we get caught up in that? Hebrews 13.5 Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be, co- and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Be content with such things as you have. Obviously, Aiken wasn't. Have you been? Have I been? Have I been content? Yeah, Romans 2 verse 5, But after thy hardness and impotent heart, treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So what, how do we treasure? Where do we put our treasure? Will it, will it bring God's wrath on us? Or will it bring God's reward? Also Psalm 119.37 Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way. Let's get, let's get away from Aiken's vision of, of looking at this stuff that looks good, that, that I want, I don't need it, I want it, I'll stick it under the ground, I'll hide it.
what do you see when you go to Walmart, to J.C. Penney or Sears or Target or wherever you go shopping? Do you see stuff that you want? Do you see stuff you need? Just a challenge for me and for all of us. What do we see? Do we see those goodly things that maybe we should not be having? In Aiken's case, it all ended in death. I don't know if he ever would use that garment. It ended in death. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So we are quick to say, right, garments, money, whatever, it's, we all need it. We, all, we need to be, we don't want to go outside without clothes on. It's just too cold. We need those garments, but are we content with what we have? Is our, is our goal set too much on some of these earthly things that we cannot be effective spiritually? I have a little object lesson here. Um, Ryan Martin, could you come up and help me here? Just to show what some of these things can do to us. And like I said, they're, mean, they're not necessarily wrong. banker's box and today we'll consider that our career I think we all, most of all have careers, what we, how we make our living um, then there's possessions we all need possessions, right? we have vehicles we came with, we have who knows what we all have a lot of stuff Possessions. That'll represent land. We own land. Oh, and another important thing is our family, right? Sit together, eat snacks. That's important. Oh, and we like to travel. GPS. And how about entertainment? We, do we need all this stuff? Isn't it important in our lives? What if, what if some brother or, or just somebody down the street often has a need? What is Ryan going to do now? 
Hey Ryan, can you come pick up this Bible? <laughs> For one thing, he, it's, he might be able to do it, but pretty difficult to come pick up this Bible. And the other thing, it kind of blocks his vision, doesn't it? Sure, he can look around there, and you know he might stumble when he comes walking over here. Does do these things block your vision? In Matthew there, in chapter 6, we read, um, was in verse 32. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. And that kind of, it kind of stood out to me. Do we, do we actually believe that? That God actually knows what we need? Because some of the, I don't know, for me at least... I think I tend to gravitate to this stuff too much. But do I trust God that he will supply the needs? Not necessarily the wants, but the needs. And if I leave it in God's hands, this stuff won't be blocking my view, right? What happened in Aiken's case? I think it blocked his view, his covetousness. But what happened because of that? How did uh, Joshua or the Israel, how did they find out about Achan? Wasn't it a kind of result of failure in the camp, of failure to win battle or battles? I'm not sure now how many, if it was just one or a couple. And wasn't that because of Achan's sin? And that challenged me as well because how about me in my home church or how I view these things will that hinder the body will that cause us to fail if we don't have the right view if we hold these things up too high can we be effective for Christ in putting treasure where it belongs Matthew sixteen twenty nine. everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. In Matthew nineteen twenty one, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell what thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. So now we're talking about putting treasure in heaven. So here it says, we're just breaking into the story here, but it says, go and sell at the house and give to the poor. So we all know, we, we all do that, right? Sure, we can do that with the right and wrong motive, but he's saying that will put treasure in heaven, giving, giving to the poor and to the ones, people around us. And I'm not sure I should have Warren up here and explaining this. How much we should talk in our churches about giving, like personal 
Um, so you're not supposed to let the right hand know what the left hand does, right? But is there a is there a point where we can like we don't have to necessarily say how much you give or whatever? But is there a point where we, where we could be a little more open and discuss some of these things? Just just ask about, hey man, how's your giving do, uh, going? Like like are you are you doing what the Bible says? I'm not sure how how far or how much a guy should do that, but I'm wondering if there would be some value in that. I know just recently we were visiting at a brother's place in our church, a young couple, and we were talking, and then I didn't ask him, but he just kind of told me kind of how he how he gave or what kind of what method he used or whatever, and and that just encouraged me. You know, just to know that here, this young brother, he has, he has a method. He he takes it seriously. So yeah, I don't know. Ask Warren if you have questions on that, but but I think there's some value in that. Investing. God does not intend us to be spiritual paupers. He wants us to invest. Because he says, we just read that here in Matthew 6, he says, but put treasure in heaven. So what kind of, how can we put treasure in heaven? There, yeah, we just said giving to the poor is one. Um, there is a lot of things. We can have, I don't know who cleans church here. That's one right there. Cleaning up the churchyard, that's an investment. Chicago street meetings, investing time and money as well. Taking time for your children investment. Being a godly dad and mom investment. Rapid response program with CAM investment. Overseas voluntary service investment. Taking time to listen to someone investment. A cup of cold water investment. So I want us to realize that this investing you don't have to go to the banker or go to Minneapolis and some big investment firm this is an everyday process this investing for Christ investing in heaven the eternal rewards and usually in investing the long term will usually provide better gains right In First Timothy six eighteen, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So just things that we just talked about. It's our everyday life. Can we can we invest in stuff like this and putting that ahead of us, putting that for eternal life? And a lot of times, this eternal investment is invisible. Like, what's giving a cup of cold water to someone? What, what, what profit is that? Besides quenching, quenching the person's thirst, maybe. But I think we as humans, we gravitate to temporal riches. Maybe one reason is because 
because we can see it. Or maybe other people can see what we have. Maybe that's why we do some things. So I think a lot of this eternal investing is somewhat, somewhat invisible right now. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then 2 Corinthians 5.1 For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. There are rewards out there. If we, if we live our Christian life faithfully right now, let's, let's not think about all these big things. Let's just think about being faithful where God has called us. And I, I like that thought that, um, I'll start with his name, Mr. Miller, here had in his uh, opening thoughts in the Sunday School lesson about, about, I think, something about proclaiming what we know. We don't have to know everything, but we don't have to do everything, but let's, let's lay up treasures in heaven. So let's remember these two steps that Christ tells us how to invest. Like we can, I went online yesterday and I was, was searching for riches, you know, whatever, and then here are these five steps to get rich. And here in Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20, Christ has two steps there for us. He has two pointers. He says, don't lay up on earth, lay up in heaven. So he calls us to invest. And then in closing, I want to read uh, Revelation chapter 22. Verse 12. Revelation twenty-two, twelve. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to every man according as his work shall be. So I just want to leave us with that challenge as his work shall be. The Lord says there will be a reward. And as, as I read that last part of that verse, I think it's our choice where we will invest. So let's, let's invest in those heavenly things.